0: You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. You probably have noticed I'm mismatched. Have you noticed that? On my left foot, I've got one of my favorite Shoes on. In fact, my wife bought these shoes for me this Christmas. I love these shoes. On my right, I have a flip flop that I counted it. It's 18 years old. (laughs) 18 years old. I've come close, dangerously close, to throwing it away. But I'm not going to do it because it's comfortable. But obviously, I'm mismatched. Could it be that someone here is mismatched? Could it be that someone here is hooked up, connected with the wrong they, the wrong person in your life? Maybe you're with the wrong squad, the wrong clique, the wrong team, the wrong fraternity, the wrong sorority, the wrong business. Could it be that you're mismatched? I'm very excited about this series. We opened it last week called 50 Shades of They. Here's the great thing about God God's not gray, is He? Especially when it comes to relationships. We're all about relationships. We have a hole in our heart shaped like a cross, and it can only be filled with Jesus. And then we have this yearning and this burning to be with other people. We've got friends. We've got comrades, we've got peers, we've got teammates, office mates, classmates, and so on. Could it be though that you're mismatched because when you run with the crowd, the crowd will run you? And I truly believe that the right they are in everyone's life, but the wrong they so often are in the way of the right they, and the wrong they can keep us in the fray. How do you move away, is this kind of controversial, from the wrong they? How do you spell relational relief? How do you say, you know what? I don't want to be mismatched anymore. And I'm mismatched in this marriage. I'm, I'm a mismatched in this dating relationship. I'm mismatched. In this in this relationship I have with some friends, I'm just I'm just mismatched. We know that God has our best interest in mind, and every time God gives us a prohibition, he always follows it with a promise. Isn't that awesome? Let's talk today, though, about some messy stuff. In fact, this is so dirty, so messy. We're gonna talk about it this week and next week as we continue this series. I want to talk to you about how to move away from the wrong day. How to match up in your relationships. Now, the Bible says something really intriguing about this. If you have your Bibles, you want me to turn to the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. We have a lot in common with the people of Corinth. The fellowshipians, I guess you could say. Corinth was a very worldly city, very cosmopolitan city very hip city. Yet some of the people at the church of Corinth, they were mismatched. They were hanging out with the wrong day. And the apostle Paul had something to say about it. He was like, guys, don't be mismatched. That's what Paul said, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Don't be mismatched because remember God, Paul says, has our best interests in mind. Second Corinthians chapter six, I'll begin reading in verse 14. Now, before I read this verse, I'm going to tell you right up front. If you're single, how many singles do we have here? That means you're not married if you're single. Lift your hand. All right. This is going to be the most unpopular verse in all the Bible. Because when you read this verse about being mismatched, two-thirds, I'll say it again, two-thirds of the potential candidates will be wiped out. Do not. That means do not. Don't. Do not be yoked. yoked, Yeah. Yoke together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Yoke. Some of you might be going, Yoke? No, yokes are high in cholesterol. I'm into egg whites, dude. I'm not talking about that. Yoke? What do you mean? Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Yoke. A yoke is a piece of farm equipment. Back in the day, it was a wooden structure and it had holes, two holes, and animals of equal strength and equal kind would would, would be harnessed to this yoke. And if they were of equal strength and equal kind, they would they would do some beautiful things in the field. They would, they would plow and it would go straight and they could, they could sow seed and reap a harvest and everybody was happy and peppy and bursting with love, if if they were equally yoked. No one, no farmer worth his or her salt would even think about being mismatched. No farmer would think about putting maybe an ox in one part of the yoke and a donkey in the other. So the backdrop of this is in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy Chapter 22, verse 10. It says, do not plow with an ox and a donkey yoked together. A donkey, to the Jewish mindset, was unclean. You ever been around a donkey? Donkeys are cantankerous, man. An ox, though, they're they're more courageous. They They got some confidence. They're clean to the Jew. So a Jew's like... I would never ever yoke together a clean animal with an unclean animal, an ox with a donkey. No way, I'm not gonna do that because the nature determines the association. The nature of a pig determines its association. Pigs hang out with other pigs. They're associated with other pigs. Sound effects mine. They participate with other pigs. Root around, mess around, mate, and do all sorts of bad stuff, crazy stuff, pigs. And then their destination, hopefully, because I like pork, they end up next to some egg yolks. See the theme? And we have eggs and bacon. Yes. So the nature determines its association. I don't want to be mismatched. God says, don't be mismatched. My nature is what? I'm a follower of Christ, man. I've received Jesus. I have a new nature. I have the nature of Christ. So I'm gonna be yoked together with somebody who is a Christ follower. I'm yoked together with Jesus, as we're gonna talk about later, then it's really impossible for me to be mismatched don't be yoked together with non-believers. I mean, what's God talking about? Is God, being, is God being discriminatory, capricious, or cruel? Is this profiling? Some attorneys are like, I might sue God. No, no, God has our best interests in mind. He doesn't want us to be mismatched. He wants to save us from the drama and trauma of being mismatched. Now some have read this and said, oh, I know what it means. This means that we're to separate from the world. And a lot of people run around thinking, all right, Christians, they're the white hats, and we versus the black cats. You know, the we, the we, the Christians. We're the Christian army, and if you're non-Christian, too bad for you. uh, You can go to hell, and we'll just separate ourselves physically. And back in the day, you had people taking a a vow of poverty, an oath of isolation, which is not biblical. It came out of the Catholic church. Monasteries were built, and these people, (laughs) didn't talk very much, supposed to pray all the time and do all this stuff, and they didn't own one thing. Yet that was supposed to be holy. Well, there's one problem, it's not biblical. The Bible never says we're to isolate ourselves physically. Yet today, it's real cool, it's real sexy. We have some of these young Christians who think, oh man, everybody should sell everything they have and fly over to Borneo and become a missionary. It's modern-day monasticism. You're not a believer unless you've taken an oath of poverty. Where is that in the Bible? Jesus only asked one person to sell everything, the rich young ruler. That was it. It's not in the Bible. We're to be in the world, not of the world. It's like a boat. The boat's in the ocean. It's not of the ocean. I'm to be in the world, not of the world. So, yes, I am to be... To be in the world, but not of the world, it's like a great doctor. I I treat the disease without being contaminated. So so that's what I'm supposed to do. And what's so funny is a lot of people go, oh man, I can't wait to go to Nicaragua or Guatemala or Haiti. And all of a sudden they think when they step on the soils of a foreign country, they'll become these white hot evangelists. I'm like, that's great, what are you doing in your apartment complex? What are you doing in your neighborhood? God has not called us to be monks, to separate and isolate physically. He's called us to be missionaries, missionaries. So it doesn't mean we separate ourselves physically, and it doesn't mean we don't have friendships with people who are far away from God. I've got a lot of friends who are far away from God. We're friends, we have friendship, but there's no fellowship. Fellowship means to have in common, the commonality. I'm not yoked together with them. What does it mean to be yoked? It means to be bound. What does it mean to be yoked? doesn't mean to isolate yourself. doesn't mean to never relate to anybody who's not a follower of Christ because we're here to bring as many people as possible to heaven with us. That's why we're here. So it doesn't mean those things, and we've misinterpreted that, and we've gone to all sorts of crazy things Christians have, and some Christians say, oh, everything I do has got to be Christian, and even when my toilet's clogged, I'll call a Christian plumber, and I'll play Christian music. And, and Really? I want to call the best plumber, not necessarily a Christian one. <laughs> what? Anyway, that's a whole other story. So I'm talking about don't be mismatched. Okay, let me, let me talk to singles, this is very unpopular, but listen to me, because I've lived this out. Not perfectly, I've lived it out. Let me talk about a man and woman's relationship, because you know we, we do have this desire for the opposite sex. Why does God insist that those who are single should only date those who are believers? Why does God say, don't be mismatched when you're dating someone, and especially, don't marry somebody who's not a believer? I mean, why would God say that? Two-thirds of the group, as I said earlier, are wiped out. You see the genius of God. Number one, God says, and God knows that, that, that we are going to be frustrated and humiliated if we can't share that which is most precious to us with our spouse. Did you get that? The deepest part of a person is their personal relationship with God through Christ. Can you imagine not being able to share with someone that, which is the most intimate in your life? I remember one time I was at a banquet. I had to speak and I was eating this rubber chicken and cold broccoli. Guy sitting next to me looked very boring. You know, he he just did. And I was trying to pull conversation out of him to no avail. Finally, I just started you know, just saying what I like. Well, I said, you know, I like fishing, fishing. I love fishing and the guy just lit up and we had this amazing conversation full of lies because fishermen lie to one another <laughs> and we believe each other's lies. We had that common bond. I mean, you have that commonality with someone, but we're talking about on a whole nother level here, with Jesus. Also, think about the genius of God. Can you imagine having kids, and one person's doing one thing, and the other person's doing another? One parent believes one thing, one parent's doing another. Oh, I wanna build a house, really? Well, let's just uh, draw up two sets of plans. How would that work? It'd be chaotic. That's what it's like if you're mismatched in a marriage as far as child rearing challenges. Another reason why God insists that we be matched up is because he knows that both parties, if they're followers of Christ, have the ministry of reconciliation in effect. Can you just wrap your little brain around the fact of of a marriage without the ministry of reconciliation? Jesus did the reconciliation on the cross. He did the work on the cross for us to be reconciled to God. All I have to do is look at the cross and realize I have the ministry of reconciliation and it challenges me and it calls for me to reconcile with my spouse, with Lisa, when, not if, when we have an argument. If you're not matched up, good luck. Good luck. Oh, Ed, I'm I'm married, though, and I'm mismatched. I guess this means I should just leave him. No, it doesn't mean that. It means that you have a mantle to carry. It means that you need to live out the life in front of your mismatched spouse. It means you need to put even more offensive energy into the church and surround yourself with the right they. That's just a little brief sermon within the sermon to the singles. And and I'm telling you, you can fall in love with the wrong person. You can get married to the wrong person. Remember, God wants to save you and me from being mismatched. He wants us to be matched. We have this desire to be matched. And when we do it his way, we're going to plow in straight lines as opposed to going around and around and around. Let's look at the next verse, verse 15. What harmony is there between Christ and Satan? Well, none. The word harmony here, we get the English word symphony from it. You got players reading off the same page, players following the same conductor. Think marriage, think your best friends. Because again, the closest people to you, next to your parents, the people that wield the most influence are your friends. And we're basically the average of our best friends. What am I like? Well, you don't have to know me. You can just look at my best friends, the fabulous four, and you can go, okay, Ed's an average of those people. And that's true, so are you. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we, we being a local church, are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I'll live with them and walk with them, and I'll be their God, and they will be my people. We're the temple, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit of God. Now we come to some pretty tough stuff because I am a Y guy and, and I'm a guy that is into fashion. I enjoy fashion, yet I feel weird being mismatched. A lot of us though are mismatched, we all go through times we've been mismatched. Why? Because I'm a why guy. Why doesn't God want us to be mismatched? Why? 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 Well, he doesn't want us to hang around with a flip-flop because flip-flops flip and flop. That's good. That's good. Oh, yeah. Blew out my flip-flop, stepped on a pop-top. Cut my heel and made my way back home. Here's booze in the blend. I'm sorry, that's Jimmy Buffett. Do you people spend any time in the sunshine? (laughs) Why God doesn't want me to be mismatched. Number one, flip-flops have poor traction. I need some traction when difficult times hit my life. And if you're with a flip-flop, if you're mismatched, good luck. Flip-flops, they have terrible traction. They're not going to support you. Flip-flops have no insulation. Man, my toes and fingers get cold like that. I just cannot do cold weather. I mean, it's just like that. So so flip-flops, you know, they're cool and all that, but you don't wear them that long. These are like 18 years old and... And, 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 and they have terrible insulation. Very few places I can go dressed like this. Flip-flops also hold you back. You realize the wrong day is holding you back. The right day, go back to the nature and association. You're associated with the right day. You're going to participate with them. And you'll go to the right destination. They'll hold you back, man. I mean, they're... they're, they're you think I could go anywhere like this? Try to go into a nice restaurant, hotel, business, or try to have a meeting like this? They're going to be like, Ed, you look great. Ooh. <laughs> One shoe can ruin this outfit. And you're letting this flip-flop mess you around, hold you back. They'll hold you back, man. It's easier to go from up to down than down to up. Once you're here, once you wear a flip-flop, once you have with a flip-flop, you'll never get higher than a flip-flop. Never. Because you got a flip-flop. Also, flip-flops hurt you. You don't have an accident. You're gonna sprain your ankle or blow out your knee like my son did. Put on some flip-flops. Even my friends that fish for a living. They don't wear flip-flops, I'll tell you. Those things are pitiful. They'll wear them now and then. Feet get cut, get snake bit, toes will get cold. Who wants a flip-flop? You don't want a flip-flop, it's a mismatch. That's why we need to, I almost said flip off, but no. To. (laughs) I didn't say that, but that's why we need to kick off the flip. <laughs> you know, I, I'm asking myself, as I said earlier, you know, I said, I've, I've almost thrown these away. I've had these in my hand because Lisa loves garage sales and, 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 and I've, I've, I've thought about a garage sale. No, but I've had them in my hand to throw them away. And there's something, see, I have weird feet. I mean, I wear like a size 12, but really I wear like a size 10. But that, that second toe, look at it, it's ridiculous. It's like a claw or something. <laughs> and see these? Look, they got the. And it doesn't smell that great. I like to tie dye stuff. Sue me, I like tie dyeing. Let's bring tie dyeing back. And I've got tie dye paint on here. Uh, one of our giant dogs uh, uh, almost ruined these things, chewed this part off. I've got pebbles, rocks embedded in this. I, who knows from where? It's just comfortable. Why do we remain mismatched? Well, they're just comfortable. We've had them for a long time. I'm not going to give them up. And plus, if I give them up, if I move away from them, I, I feel guilty. I feel guilty and afraid. I mean, they might start hating on me, or or they might they might post something negative on social media. Hate is gonna hate. That's gonna happen. Man, they'll tell their friends that I've kind of I've kind of dropped them. Another reason why we remain mismatched is because it's easier, we say, to deal with them than to disrupt my hectic lifestyle. I'll just deal with some drama. I'd rather deal with a little bit of drama, a little bit of craziness, a little bit of like that, as opposed to just having them go absolutely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Really? Really, you're gonna let them hold you back? Look, I can't even walk right. It says a big heel, this doesn't. And look, I, I can't do a lot of stuff. There's only certain areas I can go, certain places I can go. It's time to separate. It's time to kick off the flip-flop. Well, that's what what the Bible says. You know, I I was thinking as I was perusing Scripture about kicking off the flip-flop, you remember when Israel took over the Promised Land? God said, don't. Don't be mismatched with these ungodly pagan people. It was just a matter of time before many of them were, they were wearing the flip-flop, weren't they? Wearing that flip-flop, and the hammer came down because they did it. The prophets warned the people. A lot of them didn't listen, the hammer fell. The apostles, as they penned these epistles, they warned the people, the hammer fell because God is gonna allow the consequences to be in effect in your life and mine when we hang out with the wrong day. So, so here's the answer. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. Here's how to kick off the flip-flop. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. You could jot down Isaiah 52:11, because this text is pretty much the backdrop of Isaiah 52:11, which talks about the captive nation leaving Babylon and returning to their own land. So we kick off the flip-flop and we return to the relational land, the relational real estate that God has for us. That's what we do. We come out, we separate, not isolate, we separate. It says, come out from them, be separate, and touch no unclean thing. Sometimes I just unfollow people because they're flip-flop people, I do. Sometimes I'll go through my phone and just delete certain names, certain contacts because they're flip-flop people. We need to constantly do this because the enemy will always put the wrong day in the way of the right day, and the wrong day will suck us into the fray and we'll miss being matched up with the kind of people that God wants. I'm not saying to be mean-spirited. I'm not saying to, to, to punch somebody or to tell somebody off. I'm saying what the scripture says, we have to separate. We're moving toward the things of God. We're yoked up to Jesus. And because we're yoked up to Jesus, it's impossible to be yoked up to someone who's not yoked up to Jesus. If I'm yoked up to Jesus, I'm gonna be yoked up with people who have Jesus in their lives. They're not dragging me down. They're pulling me up. They're not hating on me. They're encouraging me. They're not saying this or that. They're challenging me. There's a commonality. There's a goal. We're plowing in straight lines. Look at verse 7. It says, therefore, since we have these promises, I'm sorry, chapter 7, verse 1. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates. That's what I said earlier about the doctor, right? Contact without contamination. Good doctors know how to do that. Perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And then in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. We take that yoke And God will take us places we never dreamed possible. And you know, if you don't get this, the yoke is on you. (laughs) If you don't understand this, the yoke is on you. God wants the best for your relationships, for your marriage, for your dating relationships, for your friendships. And it happens when we say, okay, Jesus, you be the center of my life. I'm not gonna put fear there or guilt there, I'm not gonna put myself there, materialism there, I'm not putting jealousy there, I'm not putting anything there but you. You be the center of my life. I wanna yoke up to you and I promise you, you'll find yourself naturally and, and really supernaturally leaving the wrong day and moving to the right day. I'm a walking, living, breathing testimony of this. I've not done it perfectly, but I've lived it out for decades. God's way works. Would you bow with me? Father, many here, many here need to acquiesce and make you the center of their lives. You got to understand something, as I said earlier, that that God loved you so much, he sent Jesus to die on the cross to rise again, and and Jesus has done the work to reconcile you to God. All you've got to do is receive what he did. How do I do that, Ed? Just say, Jesus, be the center of my life. I turn from my sins and I turn to you. Others of us here need to make some some tough calls. We need to be willing to, to do the hard yards and to move away from mismatched relationships, from the mismatched they in our lives and move to the right they. We need to separate. We need to cut some ties. We need to delete some names. We need to unfollow some people. It's time to go God's way because God has something amazing for you right now and he wants you to match up. So Father, we give this time to you. We give our lives to you. Thank you for being the center in Christ's name. You know, I'm gonna take off my flip flop and put on the right shoe. And I pray that that's what you do. And that's what I do each and every day. Jesus wants to be the center.